Hello and welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap, the only show that didn't talk about an opening beforehand again. Sorry, I was mid-burp and distracted by the loud people in the background. Loud noises! Only part of that movie I liked. Steve Carell or just that part? That part. I hear their menstruation attract bears. You hear that, Ed? Bears. Now you're putting the whole station in jeopardy. That movie's really fucking funny. I rewatched it like three weeks ago. Totally holds up. It's it's not good, Doug. Anchorman? It's not a good the movie. The first Anchorman. It's not a good movie. Yeah, you're wrong. It's fucking um, stupid. That's not even an argument an argument point. Like you're you're wrong. You're wrong. It's stupid, Doug. No, Teledega's stupid. But it works. Anchorman is fucking genius. Okay. Are you I, one of those people that doesn't like Will Ferrell? I like certain ah, no, I go. like certain things Will Ferrell does, but I don't like everything Will Ferrell does. Yeah, you cannot like Anchorman too. That movie sucked. Uh, but everything must go. I mean, even this more dramatic stuff like Everything Must Go and Everything Must Go was difficult to watch. What was going to do with Maggie Gyllenhaal? Uh, Stranger um, Than Fiction. That was actually you know I love no, that one. I love Stranger Than Fiction, and we've had this conversation before. Our problem with Stranger Than Fiction was not Will Ferrell; it's that Maggie Gyllenhaal was a horrible miscast because they have zero sexual chemistry. Yes. I will never, ever, ever believe that Will Ferrell and Maggie Gyllenhaal totally want to bang each other. But her and James Spader, absolutely. Secretary. That was that Bang? Was that, that wasn't so Did much you know Fifty Shades Free came out? The third one? Yeah, I didn't care. Yeah, no, I don't either. I just saw Pop Online and I went, oh, they're still making those? Well, that's the last one unless they start doing the uh, trilogy with the reversed point of view. Where just ginger up her butthole. How did you know that's what I was about to say? Because that's I, the thing from the first book. I think it's just called Grey, but I'm not yeah. sure. But I, just re- I don't know what the second and third books are, but the first book is called Grey. They may not have made second and third books. I have no fucking idea. But I know Grey was the first book, and I remember the ginger thing, and I thought about it recently because I was actually peeling some ginger to make dinner last night. It made me uncomfortable. Because they would not only sting, but they're burn. awkward shapes. I mean, I could... Did you ever read Beautiful You by Chuck Palahniuk? No. I'll lump to you. It's his take on the Fifty Shades thing. If I'd known that, I would have read it so long ago. Yeah, it's about an entrepreneur who, like Dorian, is it Dorian Gray? Um, no. Christian. Christian Gray. Dorian Gray is the guy with the portrait. Um, right, right, right. Um, Christian Gray, it, like an, an equivalent of that, who launches this um, line of sex toys that are so efficient that like ladies don't leave the room. Which you think sounds great, but it becomes an almost like dystopian like world after that. Well, that's the Futurama thing when, you know, he just wants to make out with his Marilyn Monroe bot. No, it was a Lucy Liu bot. Marilyn Monroe bot was in... No, that was in the video. Yeah, yeah. And like, with like the robosexuals, yeah. And it's like, come back for like robogonorrhea, the loud killer, or whatever it is, the noisy killer. That's Something what it was. Something like that, yeah. Oh god! I, cause I've been rewatching Future. I watched rewatched all of Futurama like months ago. It's so awesome. good. The actual last season was a little heavy. Like they kind of like knew what they could 
do and like they just it seemed like the, it seemed like the last season was like here are all the ideas we had previous and we're just gonna do episodes about them because the last season seemed really disjointed like episode to episode because it was it was very much like very I know I'm, I I know who created Futurama I'm not saying that um, but it was very like Simpsons like almost Family Guy South Park still like all of those animated movie movies shows where they start on one thing and end on another like almost completely un- unrelated but if you watch it you can see the thread mm-hmm. which to me is not a Futurama episode it kind of depends like there's certain episodes of Futurama that have changed the narrative completely you know like when Amy and Kip got married uh, 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 Fru Fru Bernard or whatever it was oh, Fon 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 that was it we've been doing alright I would love another one I'll take a round okay thank you please yeah, um, Fon Fon Ruse. That was it. That, and I remember the joke in, like, one of the movies Was that about, the Swamp Hag? That, like, keeps, I have four jobs. I'm also yeah. the high lunch lady, uh, high midwife, yeah. She's like, it's, an, it's, a, it's a working economy, yeah. Or whatever she says. So. So anyway. Um, uh, things to talk about this week. Would you like to begin? Do we want to get into this week, or do we want to? Well, we've done enough general talk. Let's let's save the general talk notes for later. Um, the Legion premiere. Holy fuck! I'm sorry, I did but not for me, th- that Legion has become one of those shows where I have to kind of wait till the end of the season to binge because I want to know everything right away. And I'd you still won't after you watch it. That's the thing. Well, that's the thing with. Well, I mean, I'm not. Well, gonna, I guess you do find out what's real or who's real and who's not. Well, I'm not going to turn this into a justified where I wait for the series to end, but it's one of those things where I would rather wait, you know, a couple months or three months, and find out what happened, you know, pretty much immediately all the way down, as opposed to going week to week. Did you watch Legion season one? I did. Okay, so you know, at the end, he gets taken by that weird orb. <laughs> yes. You're lying, but okay. No, I was distracted by the sneezing. Ah, yeah. Um, but you know, like he gets, taken, yeah, by he gets orb, taken by the orb, and like as he's tracking the Shadow King, he's like, "Oh, he's heading south. Everything's fine with me." And said Barrett didn't, and um, and then that orb comes in and like steals him, and you're like, "A perfect, perfect fucking, perfect fucking ending." to a season like Legion where it's just like Metal Orb steals Legion and you're like wait what? and you're like of course that's how it would end and you're like that's my bread and butter you're fucking with exactly and you okay so much like the last season was all about like kind of reality and like what is real yeah um, this season I think it was about like sense of perception but yeah yeah okay I, I agree with that it smells like cantaloupe <laughs> what does that mean? It smells like cantaloupe. Like in real life, or are you quoting something? No, in real life, it smells like cantaloupe where I'm sitting right now. What does that mean? Are you having some kind of medical condition that smells like cantaloupe? God, I hope not. I fucking hate cantaloupe. Oh, okay. You don't like melons? Any kind of melon, I hate it. Really? Watermelon? Mm Mm-mm. I will eat watermelon, but it's kind of a what's-the-point type of thing. It's not that flavorful, and the seeds are a pain in the ass. Yeah, but you can spit them out at people. It's weird for me. I'm literally talking about eating a revenge fruit. Well, that's what I 
watermelon, the revenge fruit. Mm-hmm. It's an attack fruit. It is. Got it's it. an attack okay. fruit. But, sorry, Legion. So, anyway, so, um, so, this one's apparently more about time, and, like, what is time, and I'm going to spoil it. Um, you know it I don't mind spoilers. turns out, I know, it turns out that what Legion, or David, whatever you want to call him, um, I'm going to say Legion, because that's how I know him from the comics, mm-hmm. um, that he was in, he thinks he was in the orb for like a couple hours, and he thinks only one day has passed. Um, it turns out he was in there for a year. So a year has passed for Loudermilk, for um, Gene Smart's character, pretty much everyone, but Legion. Okay. So now we're getting into like what is time, and there's a weird psychic. Um, virus going around from where both Legion and the Shadow King have like both appeared but Legion doesn't remember that okay um and it's terrifying because it is people standing like statues except for their jaws clicking together which is by the way that click 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 sound from the like X-Heroes series like now that I can hear it like now that I've seen it I'm like oh that's fucking terrifying and I actually have to give Peter Klein's fucking points for the fact that he realized that like zombies would just click their teeth constantly and reading it it's like eh okay it's, I, I mean, feel like all the X books would do much better as a series TV series oh yeah yeah because uh, agreed he has lots of interesting ideas it's just his books fucking bore me and I don't connect with the characters now unfortunately Legion did uh, and I'm going to call you out on this Noah Faley is that how you say his name um Stop stealing my fucking ideas. Because I actually thought of the weird timeline, four days versus a year, one day versus a year, all that shit. Yeah, you mentioned that to me. Yes. Quite some time for ago. For the sister book yeah. to our upcoming no. uh, a novel, uh, Fear Agents, <laughs> yeah, no, the you, sister book. You mentioned that to me a long time ago. I know, right? Because um, I had that whole thing with the... Well, I'm not going to say it. I don't, I don't want him to steal my ideas. Um... But anyway, uh, trippy as fuck. They had a dance-off. Think about that. Think about uh, what's-his-name from Flight of the Concords. Jermaine. Jermaine, thank you. I want to say Jared, I knew that wasn't right. Jermaine and Legion having a fucking dance-off using actual humans as puppet dancers around them. It is not only very impressive choreography, terrifying, and weirdly funny. So I'm super excited for Legion Season 2. I will watch it week to week, because it's FX. They're not going to do that weird thing like Flash and Arrow have been doing lately, where it's like, back for two weeks, off for two weeks, back for two weeks, off for two weeks. Or Lucifer has been off for like two or three weeks. FX is just going to fucking run it for the, the 10 episodes. 12 episodes, whatever die? it is. Yeah, we're all fucking dying, though. In the Sylvia Plath sense of the word. Um, if I may be so bold as to quote Fight Club. As I have to name. Um, do you want to bring up a, a, a counterpoint or... To this? 
point counterpoint. Um, and we're listening to that song where Deadpool's got the knife in his head and there's all the little cartoon unicorns around uh, Maria Baccarin. Now I'm thinking about that. How can you not? Where he's like, I'm not the same man I was underneath the suit. Super penis. Thanks for that. And then uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead does like the big dive bomb and takes out Angel Dust. Or whatever her name was. Her name was Angel Dust. Was it Angel Dust? <laughs> Did he only call her Angel, though? Yes, he only called her Angel. Man of my life. It's like, you're more inspiration. And he pulls the knife out of his head. It's fucking awesome. I might have Deadpool memorized. Gee, what a shock. So, I only watch it at least once a month. I was at the grocery yesterday, and they had these big ceramic unicorn Pegasus that I really wanted to buy and hide places. By big, I mean like maybe 18 inches, but still. Um, I can make that that's not a big joke, but let's be honest, I'm not. I was talking to my friend Lisa about how it's like guys that like go like, oh, I got such a fucking big dick, whatever. Um, I don't know if I made this joke on the podcast. I don't know if I talked about this. Because we saw a uh, this guy driving one of those big, like, lifted trucks, whatever, and I was like, sorry about so your dick, bro. Stupid. Like, sorry about your dick, bro. Uh, I feel like you have talked about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that, you know, she would rather have some guy talk about how small his dick is, because um, then it's a pleasant surprise when it's not, hopefully. Yeah, but then it's an awful surprise when it is. And I said, well... Yeah, we've had this conversation. Yeah, I have a medium dick. Not that conversation. And by that I mean it talks to ghosts. Uncomfortable. Also, so, oh, come on, that was a good joke. It's a medium dick. It talks to ghosts. Because it's a medium dick. Okay. You done? Just wait for my HBO special, Medium Dick. Shovel Fighter. What is Shovel Fighter? Is that not? Yeah, that's, that's Brian Regan. He does that. A special called Shovel Fighter, I believe. Does he talk about... I don't know. Byron Regan doesn't really... Eh. Yeah, that's a I'm a big fan. Um, so, things I did this week. Or do you have something else you want to continue on? Well, now that I don't need to. Um, oh, I've got so much stuff. Okay, um, I just kind of so need you to be my little interstitial... I tried to rewatch Justice League. Okay, interesting. Still not good. Uh, how many times have you seen it so far? Oh, this would be the second. I found it better the second time. I got distracted about Let me rephrase that. I found it more bearable the second time. When are, okay, that, let me do the finish it and let me finish the sentence. Finish it. Finish it. Like I said, trying to watch it, decided it was a better idea to just have sex than finish the movie. Well, any movie. Not necessarily. No, yeah, I'm with you on that one. There are movies that I've pushed girls off of me. But it was one of those things where it's like, I should give this a second chance, watch it all the way through. You mean the sex? <laughs> I know. What you're... No, it was good the first time. Wow, Kitty's got claws. Saucer <laughs> milk table too. Anyway. But like I said, no, it's one of those things like I should rewatch this. Maybe it's not as terrible as I think it was. Maybe I went in with a bad attitude. I'll admit, I'm growing on Ezra Miller. Oh yeah. Like he's still no, you know, Grant Gusterson, but 
I don't hate him as the Flash. I thought he was funny. Oh, he was really funny. And I like a lot of things he's like, uh, guys love blood sugar. Exactly. Um, no, I, I but, actually... Like I said, it was one of those things where I, like, I tried to sit down and focus, and then two-thirds of the way through, I'm like... Turn into fuck us? Or fuck him. You know, one of the two. That's uh, Mallrats. I know. Joke. Okay. Um, my, still my biggest bitch about Justice League, and it takes me almost completely out of the movie... It's got nothing to do with the bad CGI face with Superman. Like, fuck it, oh, I don't it's care. super bad. Um, also, I really don't think Steppenwolf looks good. No, they're fighting a fucking character out of World of Warcraft. It's ridiculous. I'm glad you agree with me on that. Because, like I said, he looks so... No, off. yeah, they start fighting, like, Ben Foster's character from World of Warcraft. It's ridiculous. Um, my biggest thing, that, and it does totally take me out of the movie, is that the when they combine the mother boxes... For the that, unity? Yeah. Which just gets Operation IV stuck in my eggs. I'm like, unity, unity, unity. Um, might be a scoffing, folks. And, uh, no, but, like, it's like this weird, like, amorphous purple vine just moving through the... Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, if it's three mother boxes creating ugh, the unity... Unity, unity, unity. Um, it would be like almost like an area of effect attack. Okay, I'm a nerd. Um, but you know what I mean? Like it would be like a wave of power moving out and terraforming into a new apocalypse, which is where Steppenwolf and the Mother Boxes are from. Uh, the planet apocalypse, not to be confused with the Marvel character apocalypse. So, like. It, it, it's just a weird, like it's a weird choice for effect that I have never been happy with. What do you think, Singer or Whedon? What do you mean? Who do you think made that choice, Singer or Whedon? Well, Brian Singer had nothing to do with it, so I'm gonna. Oh, have sorry, to go I meant with, Snyder. There you go. Um, this is an X Men, Deborah. I was like, yeah, like, and Singer made a bad choice with how Apocalypse looked because he looked like oh, sorry, whatever that was, like Mister Ooze or. Whatever his name was from the Power Rangers. No way. Um, like I said, so Snyder or Whedon? Do, who do you think made that Snyder. choice? You think it's the Snyder Totes choice? Totes Snides. Totes Snides. So, in the very beginning of the movie, you know, they have, well, I guess it's probably more like the one third Though point. The Superman fighting a hippo thing? Totes Whedon. Yeah, that cracked me up. I actually oh, yeah. really liked that. Although, you can, you can, totally you can hear Whedon in there at random points. It, you can totally tell them CGing out the mustache. It's just, it's not good. Nah. Really, Cavill? Really? Well, fucking, what's his name? Wanted to do that too. Chris Evans. Refused to shave his beard from Snowpiercer on the reshoots for Avengers. Now, given they hit it a lot better, sort of, but they didn't need CGI to do it. They needed bad prosthetics and him not eating. Pretty much, yeah. I feel like that would have been a better choice. And Snowpiercer is probably a better movie than whatever te- uh, uh, Henry Cavill is doing that he needed a mustache for. I'd have to look it up. Does not matter. Will not be as good as Snowpiercer. Probably or as I like to call then. it, Death Train. It's pretty accurate. But mm-hmm. what I was saying is, you know when they do the cutscenes of the, you know, three species putting the separated mother boxes into their places and they have, you know the Amazonians and the Atlanteans and then they have man burying it 
That scene was straight up Lord of the Rings. Well, yeah. But it was one of those scenes where I'm sitting there with the, the gentleman at the time. I'm like, this scene is straight up Lord of the Rings. And he looks at me and says, does that mean it won't have any logical ending? And I turn to him and say, and then yes. Sam oh, you've full seen on, it. like I said, and then I turn to him and say, and then Sam full on bricks in Frodo's mouth. <laughs> Or is it Frodo falling in Rick's in Sam's mouth? Oh, Whatever. does it really matter? And he just burst out fucking laughing. He's like, I'm so glad you knew exactly what I was talking mm-hmm. about. Lord of the Rings had more endings than fucking Clue. Anyway, I don't know if that's a line from the movie or not, but that's what I'm saying. Obviously, it's because the ring was just a red herring. Oh, it was a love story. Is that what um, Randall says? It's only one trilogy. Anyway... Um, and I propose nothing. Uh, <laughs> great segue. The second half of the first season of The Tick from Amazon popped at the beginning, uh, end of, I'm sorry, end of February. I was a little late to the party on that one. But I had been rewatching it, uh, or been watching the second half. Mm-hmm. Realized, A, I should have rewatched the first half. Well, it seems pretty dense. It is. There's a lot. Especially when you start getting into, like, who Overkill is and that talking dog. Okay. Yeah, it's a talking dog. It's awesome. Um, Which, the effects for the talking dog, and I'm pretty sure that it's on purpose, is pretty much on par with that talking dog from the Bush's, like, Big Beans commercial. And I'm pretty sure they did that on purpose, where it's like, let's make the talking dog look terrible. Because it's a fucking talking well, dog. I couldn't do worse than Lockjaw and the Inhumans. Actually, the CGI on Lockjaw wasn't that bad. I wasn't talking about how he was terrible. I was talking about how the series was terrible. Oh, the series was awful. Yeah. Just yeah. just awful. Like, who signed off on that? Well, Feggy and Jeff Loeb and... Like I said, who signed whoever off? Whoever runs ABC. So who that, signed off that, on that and who signed off on the styling? God, talk about fucking dated. My lord and savior... Well, I think they wanted to make it look like 70s, 80s. They didn't. They made it look like cheap 90s. They made it look like shit. The answer. Um, I am thrilled that the tick is back. I could not have said any higher praises to the Amazon show. And it it does a service to everything that came before it, including Patrick Warburton stuff on Fox and the animated series, which Damn I Damn you, Naga Hyde! Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Um, blah, 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 lawyer. Blah, 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 paternity test. Yeah. Blah, um, blah, blah, lawsuit. Peter Serafinowitz, I got through it, um, once again, sublime as the tick. The guy that playing Arthur is great. I love that they play um, Jackie Earl Haley as the terror and who's like a million years old or some shit. Like he's like over a hundred. And he's like sitting there playing the drums, which I think he must actually play the drums. That not shock me. And they kind of like fold that in. Um, but having Ben England, who created the tech and worked on Firefly as well, mm-hmm. team up with David Fury from Buffy and Angel and probably Firefly, um write episodes together is it's just sublime it's just sublime 
I cannot say enough about this, great enough about this show. Is I it love bad it. that I've always kind of really wanted to do like a weird tick, kick-ass crossover? Yeah, because I can't really see them working together. Because no, no, kick-ass no, no, is no, very ground-level no, realistic. They, they wouldn't work together at all. It's one of those things where they have the, you know, very odd groups of villains with very specific goals. Actually, I wouldn't mind seeing Chairface Chippendale team up with... Is it Red Mist? Yeah. Or no, what, what does he call himself? The Motherfucker? Something like that. In the that. second movie? I think is it's there, The Motherfucker. It's The Motherfucker because he leads the uh, Toxic Mega Cunts. That's what I was trying to think of, Toxic mm-hmm. Mega Cunts. That's the name of the group where it's like, everything is like a racial stereotype. And they're like, are you sure you want to call him that? Yeah, he's Asian. But like I said, yeah, can you imagine Chairface Chippendale with Red Mist and the Toxic, that was, that was toxic Mega Cunts? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, see? Was it Mother Russia where like, Oh, yes. Um, hit girl takes up the shove adrenaline. She's like, I thought a cunt like you would be able to take a few more pricks than this or whatever it was. But it's one of those things where it's just the characters are so far-fetched. Yes. And stereotypical. Okay. It would seem like it would be a That good it's match. almost surreal. Yeah. The way it is in the tech. Well, I mean, I get that in Kick-Ass it has a certain thread of realism. It's got like a grounded earnest. I wouldn't say earnestness, but I yeah. I would have said sincerity. But it is grounded. I mean, it's grounded in reality. Yeah. However, Whereas like I the said, tick is very much not. But like I said, the characters <laughs> are so outlandish, it seems like they do well doing stuff together. However, people are fucking weird. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. Speaking of people are weird. So I've been rewatching. I've been watching. The new season of Agents of Shield, and Deb, I know, Groner. Um, this actually, on that note, this may actually be the last season. You don't think they're going to give him a victory lap? They'll give him a victory lap. Let me finish. That I'm going to watch. Okay. Given if they give them more seasons, I will just wait till they're fucking done and binge them. Um, this is the last season. I will probably watch. Probably. We'll see where it goes. We'll probably watch, like, episode to episode. Um, A, to free up more time for me to watch other things. Um, And two, because it's just... It's... Yeah. (laughs) Once again, every time I describe what the season was in retrospect, it sounds really fucking cool. But... But when you're watching it week to week... It is not. This week brought up a bunch of very, a very interesting question, which is they've just gotten back to the future a couple episodes ago, and so they know there are like three characters, uh, two of which meet their own grandson. It's revealed. I did do the nasty and the pasty. Mr. I am my own grandpa. Well, wait, what were you doing? Futurama. Yeah, me too. Cool. Um, here's the interesting question. The, there are a handful of characters in this on the team that know that they survive to the future and start acting bulletproof. And literally, one of the characters says... We know we survive. 
we can do not whatever we want, but like we can take the risks we feel we need to take because we know we survive. Well, that's the catch twenty two, though. You know, but do you really know? People want to know if there's destiny or fate. So my question is, you're aware that you exist in the future. No. Hypothetically, you are aware that you exist in the future. I just maybe tired of thinking about it. Do you take risks knowing that you exist in the future, thinking that either these decisions that you're being reckless lead to you being alive, or take these reckless risks, I think that all knowing depends. that they may alter time. I think that depends on core personality. Interesting. Dude, I'm kind of a pussy. I don't care if I know I survive in the fucking future. I'm still going to be scared as shit to put myself in those situations. And if you do die in that situation, you change the future. That actually wouldn't bother me. I'm too selfish. So you... Okay, so hold on. Are you falling on... But it's, I'd be too scared. And, and just hope that the decisions you make... Would be the right ones. Or the ones that lead to the timeline right. I prefer Right, but most. like alternate timelines. Fuck. Once again, we go into Flash. Time travel, time gives, travel me gives me a headache. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, I, I just think it's irresponsible writing. In terms of... I think it's lazy more than irresponsible. I think it's irresponsible more than lazy. I think they're doing really hard work. And they're going like... Okay, what if you know you exist in the future? From what we've seen, how would you act? And they have to get like into the character skin and say like, how would you react? Um, some would be like you, some would be like me, whatever. So I guess that does answer my ethical quandary um, that you would. I think it has to do with a person's core personality. making Jim Jeffries face. I am. And now we get into the meat and... Well, just the meat. We've done the potatoes. Oh, no, we haven't done the potatoes. Oh. Okay, the potatoes. Let's... You want to get into potatoes real quick? I don't care, either way. So I recently listened to the uh, All Fantasy Everything podcast where they draft everything. Um... Uh, and they did uh, top soundtracks. Okay. Now, some of these were, when they picked them, they were for them. They were formative. Um, they were the best soundtracks they, you know, heard, whatever. There were some that were left yeah. out that I kind of want to bring up, and I kind of want to bounce this off you Listening. and have you bounce them back to me. Okay. Well, I mean, I want you to have your own that yeah, you bounce duh. back to yeah. yeah. I want you to check the ball to me. Um yeah, and there's my sports reference for the month. They brought up Prince Parade, which I guess was the soundtrack to Under the Cherry Moon. It's a horrible movie. Okay, sure. Good album, horrible movie. But they did not bring up Batman. Probably because of the bad dance. Oh, the bad dance was... Well, that was... Was that the one really super big hit? But I mean... No, 1999 was the big hit. No, the one that's, um, you're thinking it's not 1999. 
Um, oh, I can think of the one where they're at the very beginning. It's like the future. Here's the future. Um, but like Party Man. Like what a great fucking song. What a great fucking scene. No, nothing. No, it's just I, I agree with you, but I mean, I think under the Jerry Moon's more even. Okay. Yeah. No, I'll give you that. The Big Chill soundtrack. They did not even bring up. I'm actually not very familiar with that one. Oh man, it's all. I'll bring it up right now. Um. I'm not gonna look at it right now. Oh, well, I'm gonna bring it up right now. Um, this was one of those when my parents divorced, they couldn't decide who owned the tape. Uh, big children, right there. Cool. Um, oh, they have the entire thing. Oh, I can buy it on Amazon right now if I want. <laughs> That's nice. Um, soundtrack. L- look at this. Well, don't look at this, but I mean, I'll tell you about it. Marvin Gaye, I heard it through the grapevine. The Temptations, My Girl. Um, Young Rascals, Good Lovin'. The Miracles, Tracks of My Tears, that song, I Feel It in My Heart. Um, Three Dog Night, Joy to the World. Uh, once again, The Temptations again, Ain't Too Proud to Bag. Aretha Franklin, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. I got made fun of in fifth grade for liking that song. Smokey Robinson, The Miracles, I Second That Emotion. Fuck you if you don't like that song. I'm sorry, but like, if I hear I Second That Emotion, I will punch anyone who tells me to turn it off. Um, Wider Shade of Pale and the Exciters uh, Tell Him Oh, Tell Him Tell Him It was very early Okay You're looking at me like I'm an asshole I'm not Um, Also on the extra CD which I didn't have because I had it on cassette tape The Four Tops Same Old Song Such a great song Martha and the Vandellas More Marvin Gaye uh, The Marvelettes which I just assume are Tiny Marvels or something (laughs) Uh, too Many Fish in the Sea. I don't know what that song is. But these are, like, there are soundtracks. They didn't even bring up Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, they, they brought up Baby Driver. Well, the first soundtrack that I ever really owned that I listened to a lot was actually Pulp Fiction. They, It was an honorable mention. Like I said, and, is it my favorite? No, it's not my favorite, but I listened to it a lot. And another one that I actually listened to a great deal was the Lost, Hi- Lost Highway soundtrack. Absolutely. David Lynch. Was that mostly uh, Marilyn Manson and Trent Reznor? Yes. But, I mean, they also had L7 on there and a few other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Spawn soundtrack. Legitimately the Spawn soundtrack. Filter and Crystal Method doing uh, Don't You Trip Like I Do or whatever that one was. I mean, they had, like, uh, it was a mix of, uh, it was a combo. It was, like, the Judge, I'm so fucking old. Um, Do you remember the Judgment Night soundtrack? Uh Uh-huh. Sorry. I'm sorry, am I boring you? Yes. <laughs> oh, fair enough. No, it's not because I'm tired because I slept like shit last night. Okay, so you're not bored. No, I'm not bored. Um, but the Spawn soundtrack was a mix of like metal and like techno. And you had like Orbital and Slayer and the Crystal Method and Filter I just discussed. There was a Metallica track on there that filter. was terrible. Hmm? I never liked Filter. Really? Nope. Not at all. I thought it was derivative and a little bit simple. Wow. 
You know the lead singer's brother is the guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Did you like Pan-Man 5000? Let me ask that. Speaking of derivative I brothers, like sorry. I like of Power Man 5000, but I like them as, you know, things that were catchy and fun, not things that were particularly interesting or original. You know what band doesn't hold up? Hmm. Orgy. They're fucking terrible. Well, you should shut your mouth, because I still enjoy them. Really? Blue October? Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, would Anything I, else you got? Would I rather for, listen for to Gravity Kills? Or, oh, you know, Stabbing Kills. Westward? Yes, of course. Uh, both of which were on the Spawn soundtrack. Like I said, would, it, would I rather listen to both of those than Orgy? Yes, absolutely. Shit, which one of those did I see live? I saw Gravity Kills. Stabbing Westward? I didn't mind, but the whole thing was like... Every other song was so s- ridiculously... Sterile? No. Like, not backwards. What's the word I'm looking for? Contradictory. Oh, okay. Because it was like, I will never hurt you again. And then the next song was like, I hurt you again. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, stop fucking with this poor lady. Let me think of other soundtracks that yeah, I really like, enjoyed. Okay, um... um uh, Not necessarily a soundtrack, but the score for the film, The Fountain. No, see, they kind of dodged scores on that one. Okay. It's like no one brought up like anything John Williams, really. So they were just or doing like soundtracks. Hans Zimmer. Like I said, yeah, they were yeah. just doing soundtracks. Yeah, they yeah. were doing scores. Um, they brought up one of my favorites, Gross Point Blank. Um, they didn't pick it, but it was an honorable mention. No, no, I get that. And High Fidelity. Um, I'm sorry, the scene in High Fidelity where she, Lisa Bonet comes into the record store while he's playing her CD... And He's then like, he has oh. to go shake hands with her while reading her insert. Like, that's the most mortifying thing ever, because it's, like, so stalkery. No, no. I just love where he goes, I'm going to sell ten copies of the beta, beta band, band right, right now. now. And plays Dry the Rain, which is a fantastic fucking song from the beta band. I actually got into them, I don't know if it was from that movie, or that they got mentioned in a Irving Welsh novel that my dad let me borrow, called The... Uh, secret sex lives of master chefs or something like that oh it's a great book the sex lives of, of, of master chefs or something like Most that of them are assholes um, yeah but they do have secret sex lives and uh, they do mention like that the main character who's Scottish like of course uh, goes to America at one point with a girl and he's looking through like her CD collection and he goes what no beta band like and I was like the fuck is beta band like I gotta get into these guys if Irving Welsh is telling me to um yeah okay it's the same reason that I tried Maker's Mark because the Green Goblin drank it and the the Sam Raimi Spider-Man's and Maker's Mark is shite not a fan can we talk about soundtracks that disappointed us ooh and we talked about this a little bit last week I'm still to this day super fucking pissed that in the first Hellboy they used a cover of Red Right Hand by Nick Cave from the actual fucking song. I know they released, I know that Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds did a weird, like, symphonic, I wouldn't call it a mashup or kind of a, a re, re-recording for the Scream 3 soundtrack. I know you don't like the Arctic Monkeys cover of Red Right Hand. Um, well, no, but the one in, I was going to say, the first Hellboy has a female singer. I have no does idea. Does it? Yeah. I must find that. Is it that bad? 
It's not that bad. It's just not Nick Cave. I know, but like, once I'm like, you don't like the Arctic Monkeys cover Red Red Hand because it's too fast. Sorry. I know we keep kicking each other. Um, Stop trying to play footsie with me, Doug. Half the time you're playing footsie with me. It, it works both ways. I haven't moved. The, the first half of the recording. Uh, other soundtracks that disappointed us. I still think In Bruges was scored and soundtracked fucking terribly. And a lot of people mm-hmm. disagree with me, but I feel like it would have been a much bigger fucking hit if it had been scored completely differently. I agree. Um, it's a good movie, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, you guys made this feel like a 70s fucking movie, and that can work sometimes, but it didn't work here. What do you think of the rise of film directors like P.T. Anderson, Wes Anderson, um, Quentin Tarantino, who kind of like kind of led the pack, um, Edgar Wright, mm-hmm. I might even include, who are subsets of film that they like meticulously craft their soundtracks to their movies. I actually like that a great deal because that really? is incredibly okay. satisfying when a scene fits a piece of music so much. And I want you to think about every piece of music that you love so much. It brings a specific feeling to mind. And if you can craft what's happening in that scene to fit the feeling that you're feeling, I think it's incredible. All right, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm writing the uh, Rock of Ages equivalent with uh, Arctic Monkeys. Go on. You get down oh, with I mean, your bad self. Oh, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I can't tell if you're encouraging or telling me to like go on with my Do point it. where I'd be like, I would call it Monkeys of the Arctic. No, um, I mean, it's, it's one of not those an inspired things. name, but... Uh, but it's one of those things where, I don't know if you ever did this as a teenager, when I had an album that I really loved, I would kind of try and make up a literal narrative about no, that so album. I had this great idea. Um, and you know Brian Lusheen, mm-hmm. um, friend of the show. Yeah, Brian Lusheen. And I, I remember he was, he and I talked about, he wanted to write a musical. Um, and it was slightly Sorry, that awful. was me burping, not me laughing. It was me laughing. It was slightly awful. Um... You know, it's the stuff you think is super... Speaking of Rock of Ages. Um, but like, the stuff you think is, like, so fucking clever when you're in your 20s. We're like, I'm gonna call the devil character Lou Cipher. And you're like, ugh. Um, you know, and there'll be a girl named Sarah Finn. And you're like, ugh. So, anyway. But I had this whole idea where I was gonna write this whole movie with no dialogue. And it was just soundtrack. Like, it was gonna be... A bigger CD collection than the Forrest Gump soundtrack, which was... Oh, that's a good one to bring up. Because that thing was, like, two-disc long? I mean, like, that was huge. Well, I also kind of wanted to talk about a... Uh, just, like, very quickly, a TV show I've been watching recently, which is not a great TV show, but it's called Cold Case. But one of the very clever things they did was license very well-known songs associated with a specific period in time to kind of lock you into that time period. Okay. Like, you knew it was the mid-90s because we were listening to Blind Melon. Or Ace of Bass or whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I said, like I don't know how much they fucking spent on their music budget, but that's what they did, is that they used very specific songs, especially in the opening, to lock you into a time period. Okay. You know, like, you know, Fortunate Son. That costs a lot of money to get CCR. There's a lot of money on a lot of those songs, but yeah. So, that was Potatoes. Let's get to the meat. Ready, player one. Um, Bing. 
is what I assume Ready Player One would end with. Meh. We both read the book. You yeah. actually got me in the book. Well, if I remember correctly, I think I recommended it to you twice, and you pretty quickly read it. Like, I didn't, you didn't fight me on it. No, I didn't fight you on it, but I, I don't think I read it quickly. I think... It's fairly dense. Oh, it's a really dense book. But it's also something that's pretty easy to digest. As Doug almost spews. I didn't almost spew. I guess I it's, a very, it's a very dense book, but it's also pretty easy to digest. Um, I know that you loaned me your copy, and in the first three pages, there was a Ghostbusters quote... And a reference to Oingo Bungo, and I was like, Actually, I'm in. we talked about this. The reference to Dead Man's Party was why I ended up getting locked into the book. Yeah. Um, the movie is not the book. It's not. I mean, it would have been hard to translate anyways. But there's a few key things that really ticked me off. Like what? Well, Artemis is supposed to be short and curvy. And he doesn't even ever meet Artemis face to face until the last couple pages of the book, and they never talk about it. No, they kiss at the end. But, yeah. Yeah, they do. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, the last ten pages of the book is when he finally now, meets Artemis. The guy who wrote the book, Ernest Klein, Klein. Yeah. actually adapted the book for film. Well, and I know a book's not a screenplay, and it would have been a really hard book to translate anyways. I... I kind of miss some aspects of the challenges. Because in the book, the challenges well, are, have, like, multi-tiered. The, no, you have the keys and you have the bridges. Gates. You're correct. Gate. I did not mean bridge. But like but I said, you have the keys and the gates. I. And do I think they were going to be able to get Monty Python and have him do a playthrough or do a whole, you know, war games montage? I didn't, but still. Really? Because I kind of wish they would have gotten Monty Python. I really do. What are you guys doing? Um, <laughs> I wish. Because every nerd in the no, fucking I really just world. Want, I wanted to see him standing behind the guy with the coconuts trotting in front of him. Absolutely. That's what I wanted. And doing that. Yeah. Okay, the war games, fine, whatever. And you're going to eliminate all of your mid-70s Atari references or, text, or yeah. text-based video games. Like Except Zork. for adventure. But in the book, it was Joust. No, Joust was the first, uh, first challenge. Was but, Joust the first? No, Joust. Pac-Man. No, Pac-Man. had to score the perfect game. Pac-Man was where he won the extra life. Fuck, you're right. Okay. Like I said, Joust was the first challenge because it was in the middle of one of the D&D dungeons. Right, right, right. Like I said, the last challenge... Actually, maybe it wasn't... No, the last challenge was not adventure, but he does talk about the first Easter egg being an adventure a great deal in the book. Which, so it makes sense that it would be an adventure and you get the invisible dot and blah, 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 blah. Did the Oasis look like how you pictured it? Yes and no. Okay, so... In my head, the Oasis still looks a little bit 80s with, the, you know, the green, green lights. Very Tron. Yeah. Tron. Early Tron. And it also, just because of the descriptions of something similar, you know, inside Snow Crash, that's how I still see it in my head. Like, I still see it as the big escape in... Yeah. yeah. I agree, but... And I see, you know, the, the subway, bus, bullet train up and down to take you everywhere because of Snow Crash. I agree, but... Thank you. When you see all of the avatars... Like entering the oasis, and you see a, 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 a bender from um, Bender Bending Rodriguez. No, Bender from um, Bender is great. Nope, Bender from Breakfast Club. Um, 
Well, like I said, they didn't. But like have, when you see like they all didn't them, have like, a lot of John Hughes references in there. There weren't a lot of Rush references, which apparently is a a, a, a thorn in the side of some fans. Well, it also happens to be because in Avatar, sorry, Avatar, in Armada, he makes a lot of Rush references as well. I like Prog Rock. It's the same to the next guy, but yeah, Rush is probably my favorite of the Prog Rock bands, but like, I don't know him super well. So, other problems I had, he was supposed to be, you know, short and chubby and awkward. No, he wasn't short. He was supposed to be chubby and awkward. He looks like Miles Teller. It's Ansel Egod, but okay. But he looks like Miles Teller. No. He does. Looks less douchey and doesn't have horrible scars on his face. Oh. Yeah, that happened. What else you got? I actually really liked a couple of the kind of B stories in the novel. Like, I like when he moves away and gets his own apartment and gets into shape and sets up his training regiment. Right, right. I like that. Or I really, when he gets captured on purpose. That was going to be the second one that I mentioned. I really like when he goes undercover. Nobody can see me doing air quotes, even though I was about to. He's supposed to get captured on purpose to go in and collect data and work the system, which, which I thought would have been a really good way to them did, to show the think, loyalty centers. But I think, but I think they did do a good job with that. In that, what's her name gets um, Artemis gets captured um, forcibly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but apparently she's the leader of a big underground rebellion. Yeah. Okay. I know. Our both of our biggest bitches is that the book is not about rebellion. It's not. The book is not about resistance. It's not. It's about... No, they're not 100% selfish. They want to feed everyone. But they do want to get out of poverty. Like I said, he had a really hard life. His father died when he was either young... No, his father died when he was very young. His mother worked as supposedly an Oasis stripper for a very long time. And used to put, you know, the, I was going to say the Oasis goggles on him while she was working to try and distract him before she died. And then he had to go live with his aunt, who's a complete D-bag. Which, it bothered me that they made the boyfriend more the bad guy than the aunt, because the aunt was not a sympathetic character in no, the books at no, all. No, 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 no. Not the... No, no. I agree. And it's just... It's just one of those things where, like I said, I get that the book's not the movie, but... Like I said, I feel like certain themes were explored a little bit too much and to, a little bit too little, and it pissed me right the fuck off that they had zero build on Dalto and Shelto. Oh, sorry, Daito and Shelto. Daito and Sho. Is what they call him in the movie. Yes. The 11-year-old? Yeah. Was he the 11-year-old in the book? He was not. They were both adult humans, and one of them That's actually gets murdered. Yes. One of them gets chucked out of the building. Yeah, exactly. They, like, kill, they killed Daito. But like I said... They have zero build on that where he's like, I don't have a clan, I don't have a clan, but suddenly he's okay with these two random ass ninjas. Like, well, they at least had a small build with Artemis and H, but like, no fucking build at all. Did you like the reveal on H? Yes and no. I thought she was the perfect casting. Yes. I thought it made perfect sense with her vehicle, but they do not address the fact at all why she portrayed herself as male and the fact that she was gay. I like that she does the whole thing where it's like, you don't know if Artemis is a 300-pound guy living in his basement in Detroit, whereas H was the literally opposite of that. And I like that. You did something to your thumb. I caught my thumb in the zipper of my jacket and it shredded my nail. I have no joke for that. 
Um, However, like I said, no. I do. I think they cast the right actress. Absolutely. Oh yeah, young Leslie Jones. Do Do I really think it's a big deal they didn't play up her sexuality? No. However, when they're explaining why H chose to portray herself as a white male that is muscular inside the Oasis, her sexuality comes into play. So that's one of those things that makes sense in the book, which maybe doesn't come into play in the movie. When you saw H for the first time, you heard H for the first time, did you realize it was like a girl doing like a male voice? No, I did not. I didn't even think about that. Oh, I totally did. I did totally laugh my fucking ass off, though. When they're talking about, is The Shining scary? I have to watch it through my, my fingers. Eyes. Yeah. I've never seen The Shining. Don't go into that room. There's a zombie girl that keeps trying to kill me. Oh uh, my god, the whole first scene where it's like the hot girl making out and then it does the switch, like we all know it's gonna yeah. do. But seeing somebody experience that. Or that for she the like tries time. to push up on the elevator and they're like, No and all the blood comes spilling out. I thought it did the book a service. Um, I think people that read the book beforehand are going to be I wouldn't say disappointed, but they're going to be that Well, that's nerd. the thing is that, that was my opinion, is meh. I'm going to rewatch it. Um, because I think I have to walk into the movie going, it's not the book. <laughs> but you totally love the Percival Funko Pop, right? Now that we know. You know, I actually never had a good mental picture of his fun, of his like avatar in my brain. Actually, his avatar is exactly what I pictured after like the cataclysmic or whatever. The cataclysm. Oh, are we going to talk about T.J. Miller? Yes, please. So, you and I had a brief conversation about this beforehand. Irock is a character in the book, but he's basically just a lovable dumbass. Okay, no. I take it back. Nobody loves him. He's just a dumbass that is not smart enough to keep up with everybody else, and H feels sorry for him. H or Artemis? H. Is it H? He's a friend yeah. of H's because they're like in some kind of gladiator fight off oh, together. Oh, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. H feels sorry for him. So when, I was going to say, when Wade, or, you know. Chris Wall. Whatever, whatever you would Z. call him. Yeah, like I said, when Z finally figures out that the first clue's on, uh, Lunas? In the movie? Yeah, it's it's on the school planet. In the book. Yeah, what's... Is it Lunas? Or whatever. Doesn't like matter. I said, he figures it out on the school planet, and Artemis has figured it out slightly before him, and they both go through the joust and figure it out and get the first key. He, very afterwards, because H helps him, gives H a clue on how to find it and how to figure it out. And because H is a dumbass, he doesn't really hide it. And then, H or Irock? No, Irock figures out that since H knows Parsifal, he logics out that it's somewhere on the Lunas planet. Okay. And goes and gets the first key. However, in the movie, he's more of a hired mercenary. He's kind of the Boba Fett. I mean, not necessarily in a bad way. I don't hate him, I just think he's dumb. He is dumb. Uh, I think he relies he on all of the ten years worth of Stuff Gear. he's accumulated, yeah. Um, but I know you have an issue with T.J. Miller as a person. Yes and no. I mean, you never really know a person, and all that kind of went away. But there's no one else that could have played Iraq than T.J. Miller. There's no one. 
<laughs> okay, Sean Wallace. That's it. I like how you're like... Let me think about it for a second, though. Yeah. But I'm just saying... To deliver those lines, no. as he did... Yeah, the, the thing is, you know, it's not him delivering those lines. It's him making up those lines. Uh, to some extent. I think it's him and fucking Klein sitting around laughing like idiots. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Um, in the end, what did you think of the movie? I actually was a little surprised because, you know, I've bitched and moaned about you that Klein's all build and no fall. And his books. Okay. I've never read Armada, so... Well, no, it's the same thing with Snow Crash. It's a lot of build and very little well, fall. Well, Stevenson. But I'm giving you an example. Sorry. You remember the end of Snow Crash. There was, yeah. like, maybe a page and a half of follow-up. All build. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, And it's the same thing with Ruddy Player One. All build and no fall. And the Armada's the same way. All build and no fall. I was actually very surprised. I thought they had too much fall in the movie. Why? Because I give zero fucks they turn off the Oasis on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they did so nothing they else to matter the world. Also, like, they didn't develop Ogden Morrow like they did in the book. I was so fucking pissed there was not more Simon Pegg in that book. In the movie. Like the book, yes. I was really pissed there was not more. I, I caught that he was a curator. Like, I, I caught that, because I was like, like... I did not. I did not. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that to the end. That's his natural voice. Well, I thought the curator curator was a very odd character. Um, Also... It was like, four portions. Did we think that it was a little bit strange that, you know... (coughs) Then the minute he kicks him a fucking quarter, I was like... And I'm like, he's not going to go get the perfect Pac-Man because he wants to go to the arcade museum? Sad face. That and like... In the book, it's more explicitly explained that... When he meets Halliday at the end, and he goes, you're not an avatar. He goes, no. He goes, but is a Hall- real Halliday dead? Yes. It's one of those... In the it's book, it's like... explained that that is Ogden Morrow acting yeah. out to help Percival. Well, but it's also one of those things where, like I said, Ogden gets involved a lot earlier. Especially, you know... He gives them a safe place in Oregon. But it's also at Ogden's birthday. Keep him Portland weird. Like I said, it's it's Ogden's birthday where him and Artemis actually meet for the first time, and they're dancing, and that's when they get attacked. I love the big reveal that Halliday's rosebud was actually Ogdemaro. Made me a little sad. Can we please stop saying rosebud? How many times have I said it? No, no, it's just one of those things where it's like everybody says rosebud and it's a slang term for clit, so. I thought it was the name of a sled. Yeah, that's not really what I meant. Look it up. Should we call it a sled? Yeah, let's say sled. No, I mean a clit. I hope not. Oh, yeah. Riding down the hill? Diarrhea? Ew. Your clit has diarrhea? I did have a couple more things. Did you have anything else? I don't want to end on that, but yeah. No, we're not ending on that. We're not ending on that. What else you got? Um, oddly enough, two of my long-running series have come to an end. 
I'm listening to the last book in the Hollows series. I'm about probably three quarters through. And then the last book for the Iron Druid Chronicles has finally come across for my audiobooks as well. So it's like, um, Cadre, get it together so I can have some more books for Sandman Slim and for... Good call, I'm running out of stuff to read too, which I have something to say, but go ahead. Like I said, get it together for Sandman Slim or the Coop books. Because I need another fucking book. Yeah. I mean, not that I won't listen to Butcher Bird, but like I said, two of my long-running series are coming to an end, and I'm like, I need more shit to read. I mean, maybe it's just because, you know, it's like the new music thing. At a certain age, you stop reading new authors, but damn. As for the Hollow series that I'm reading, those are the ones that I've bitched about a great deal. The Rachel Morgan books where the character is too stupid and stubborn. Well, she's so stubborn, she's stupid. Yeah. I'm actually shockingly pleased at how self-aware the character has become in these last few books. That she's so stupid that she's No, no, stupid. she's become self-aware that she's so stubborn she made bad decisions and she's making different decisions now. Okay. Which doesn't necessarily make me think that the author planned it. It makes me think that she went back and read them and thought, oh my god, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> or she's a dumbass. Or they're but both I mean, dumbasses. Think about all the decisions we made in our teens and our 20s. I don't like to. Exactly. So, Some of them. like I said, Cadre, get it together. Um, I actually ran out of stuff. I wouldn't say ran out of stuff to read, but I ran out of very easy stuff to read. Um, because I've been going back to Eric Powell's The Goon, <clears throat> which you know that I bought the library editions of, which are approximately. What would you say? Three inches thick? I'm going to say encyclopedia-sized. Oh, yeah. Um, very hard to, like, just take with me and read. Um, so I finally, I'm, like, about halfway through the second book. Um, they're really hard to read, even on the can. Let's just be honest on that one. Um, but it turns out I had to tack on some extra stuff to an Amazon order. Um, so I got uh, the complete, or the whatever and it's not the absolute but it's the complete uh, planetary by Warren Ellis book Ooh, two nice. this is important because this is a Warren Ellis series I have no idea how it ended planetary I have no idea okay I'm literally a third to the second book the mystery in space issue um, and I think that's where I left off on the singles because at that point like they'd come out so Sporadically? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Um, I mean, I know that Warren went through a, a, a health crisis, then a tech crisis, and I know that uh, John Cassidy takes forever to draw. Now, admittedly, it's worth it, but... Okay, let's, let's just put this out there. We love Warren. Warren's great. But he also is pretty sensitive. <laughs> And occasionally goes a little fucking crazy. Super gods. That's Morrison. Oh, you're right. I'm thinking about Grant Morrison. <laughs> All right. Let's not... Continue on. Ignore my comments. So I've been reading Planetary Book 2, and then I'll get back to Eric Powell's uh, The Goon, um, which I've got a great picture to show you where they... Uh, he actually uses the term split tail. Oof. Sounds uncomfortable. Yeah, no. Split tail and coos. 
is one of the two words I, I rarely... What's wrong with cues? In terms of a woman? I mean, my cues is in pretty good shape. Huh. Joke, Doug. Well, Joke. do you know where Split Tail came from? Yes, I know where Split Tail came from. I was also teasing you about cues. It's a pet banter. Yes. Love is a battlefield. No. 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 It's totally not. Love is a battlefield. It's not. It's, um. Son of a bitch. We have to wait until the actual fucking name of the song comes up. Heartbreaker. God fucking damn it. Sorry, I was keeping that in for a while. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.